I'm like, I know you're in high school. I know you're not smooth yet. I understand. <laughs> Welcome to Behind the Sins, presented by Cinema Sins. Welcome to Behind the Sins, your weekly look at all things Cinema Sins, TV Sins, and Commercial Sins. I'm your host, Aaron, but not that Aaron, of course. And this week, I'm joined by Cinema Sins co-founder, Chris Atkinson. Hey, how's it going? I'm doing well. Uh, voice is still a little not quite recovered from sickness, but, you mm. know. It, yeah. it is what it is. Chris, it's good to like, you know, see you and talk with you. Um, it's, mm-hmm. it's a really interesting experience for me right now because like having listened to you for the last like 10 years and then, yeah. uh, <laughs> and, and, you know, it, it feels like, I feel like a, you know, a super fan at this point and mm-hmm. uh, you're talking to a stranger. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's pretty, very true. That's true. Uh, uh, it's always odd for me to hear that type of thing coming from anybody like you saying like, you know, <laughs> oh i've been listening to you for 10 years and blah blah, blah. i'm like that i don't even register that type of thing you know like it doesn't make sense to me at all so um sure but uh but yeah it, it's a pleasure being here it's just one of those things like you know after hearing you know years of rants on the syncast and mm-hmm. years of uh of uh like movie recommends and and all that stuff and it's just like, I know so much about you and you know nothing about me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whatever. That's okay. We'll figure it out. We'll do okay. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you yeah, know, we talked about our hockey differences, but um, you still you still agreed to be on the show. So that's good. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's very true. I mean, it was touch and go there for a second. Touch and go. <laughs> but we were, we were able to meet in the middle somewhere. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think mm-hmm. as long as, you know, I'm willing to acknowledge that my team's going to suck this year and your team's mm-hmm. going to be pretty good. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, you want to talk about some of the content this week? Let's do it. So we'll dive into the Sin Side Scoop. What's he building in there? Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. This is a true story. Uh, starting off with Monday's video, uh, She-Hulk, one by one, uh, normal amount of rage. Chris, I have not seen any of the Marvel shows since um, Moon Knight because I'm just mm-hmm. behind on all TV in general. So this this was really fun to watch a video to a show that I really wanted to watch, but just haven't yet. Well, and and same here. I haven't seen She-Hulk. Uh, I've seen this video, but I haven't seen uh, the show. I was like, I'm not that far behind. And I started thinking about all these other shows that came out and I oh, yeah, I'm way behind. I'm really way behind on all. I mean, they're only like six episodes a piece, which is nice. But like, there's so many shows. How are you? How are you feeling about like just MCU as a whole? Then in the last couple of years, it seems a little bit disordered. It doesn't seem like there's been that one movie that kind of like says, "Okay, this is who we are now." Right. You've had stuff like uh, Shang Chi, which was which was a fun movie. Yeah. And then the Eternals, which was not, it was a terrible movie. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm like, where is all of this kind of culminating? Cause they had that ball rolling for a good 15 years and now they're just kind of, I don't know what's, what are we supposed to watch and what order? And I mean, I think Loki establishes the next big bad, but like, yeah, it's, it's, it's weird. It's really strange. Is there anything like, because cause I I've been a Marvel fanboy for a while, mm-hmm. like significantly more than the new guys, and so mm-hmm. it, it's even hard for me to think of like three or four projects that I'm really excited about. Like I'm really excited for Blade and Secret Wars. Like that's kind of about it. Like yeah, and Secret Wars is sort of your like end zone to all the other stuff that all the stuff that comes before is supposed to get us excited. 
get the yeah. get, get everybody excited about Secret Wars. They have a tough task because all of the big characters have been introduced and they've had their own movies and they've had sequels and they have some residual from Thor and and Hulk and all these. And I guess I don't know if they're ever coming out with another singular Hulk movie, but I would really um, doubt it. But they still have some characters left over, but it's it just seems kind of like a mess to me. I know that everybody's excited about Secret Wars, but there's nothing yeah, really leading up to that. It's like, yeah, we got to watch that. <laughs> the COVID definitely hurt them. Uh, sure. Trying to, trying to uh, have continuity going into this next phase and having to push things back. And when they have these stories, like they had, what was it? The story was that Spider-Man No Way Home was supposed to come out after Doctor Strange, I think, or something of that nature. Yes. Even though in Doctor Strange, they I guess they filmed another scene afterwards where they said where they refer to the stuff that happens in Spider-Man No Way Home. But yeah, it's it they have that that release schedule thing has been screwing them too because they want to tell a continuous story and they want to like get you excited for the next movies obviously every every movie they come out with and they keep having to push stuff back and right. rearrange some things. And it, I, it's gotta be difficult. It's gotta be super difficult to get all that arranged. Yeah. It just kind of feels like a mess, but anyway, she Hulk, a normal amount of rage. Uh, this is an Aaron and Danae script. Uh, what are some of the stuff you liked about the video? Some of the stuff that, um, that, that you wanted to talk about. So yeah, there are the, the few that I saw here were, uh, so neat. Great. Can we get back to the person who was suddenly turned into a Hulk and is trying to process what this means to her life? I think that's a Danae thing because I've written with Danae quite a bit and it seems like a lot of the female protagonist movies and shows, that we've ever done together it seems like they the movie tries to make it where sh- the story is a jumping off point from somebody else and it's usually a guy and in this case it's like uh we want people to like she hulk but let's make sure mark ruffalo's in there and like you know and and bounce everything off of him it may work i'm not sure i haven't seen any of the episodes but i i do like that observation uh, then there is a, uh, I love these kind of nitpicks. Uh, how in the hell has she been eating these silver dollar <laughs> pancakes? Is she literally taking a single bite off of each one? Why are there six half eaten silver dollar pancakes on this plate? Who only eats a half a silver dollar pancake? And, uh, that's the type of thing that I love. That's really our brand right there is, right. is when we nitpick something that just has no impact to the show whatsoever we talk about lamps we talk about you know uh how many candles are lit in a room and all this stuff and you know it has nothing to do with your overall enjoyment of the thing we love being able to point out something like that half eaten silver dollar pancakes well it channels that like rick and morty energy of whenever there's food on the table in rick and morty it's going to get sinned like um, Absolutely. Yeah. Because, yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, and you know, these animators like, look, I, I, I feel bad. I feel bad for these guys. A lot of times it's it's not meant to be a critique of them whatsoever. It's just uh, I know that they're trying to get, you know, the 
bare minimum of stuff in a in a shot or whatever so that they can and we're getting we're talking about rick and morty now but uh but <laughs> need the bare bare minimum of something in a shot you know so that they can you can animate their characters and do the main stuff and they don't care about the food they just want to show that there's food there and uh and uh you know give them a lot of grief over that nonsense a lot of times anyway the last one that i wrote on here was but first shouldn't everyone be tended to and he has like a ceiling beam collapses people were nearly smashed by a desk there's debris everywhere and the jury likely needs to take a minute to reconnect with reality we're all impressed that jen has the emotional fortitude to bypass the shock of the attack and get back to the task at hand but not everyone is going to keep pace. Maybe ask if everyone is okay first. Yeah, uh, I really enjoyed that one. Yeah, it's uh, it was it was a perfect way to kind of end and cap the video. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was great because it seems ridiculous in the scene, but yeah, and there was a there was plenty of like uh, like Deadpool references uh, because of breaking the fourth wall and stuff like yep. that. It's just like it, I've heard a lot of people are having fun with this show, and I'm really excited for that. But like, it's fun kind of sacrificing what like. Uh, mm-hmm. So, um, I, I pointed out because Daniel and I talked quite a bit about like it's really funny whenever uh, the writers channel these like pitch meeting kind of things where where it's like, hey, like what if we did this? Oh, I don't know about that. Like, or... <laughs> right, right, right. So for this one, I there was that sin where uh, where the what is the legal sense of hulking out? And they're like, oh, I heard that in a recent episode of Perry Mason, and. Yeah, goes yeah, on for yeah. Some the Perry time. Mason one is great. Yeah, it's. Uh, I didn't write down the whole thing because that would be a, a paragraph and a half, but. Uh, mm-hmm. But but going through the whole legal ramifications of hulking out was pretty great. Yeah, and then the uh, um, the, just like the the scene where she turns into Hulk and she's eating flaming hot Cheetos with chopsticks in a car, mm-hmm. and, and like there's like a three or four sin ramp. But like one of them is just like eating Cheetos in the chopstick with chopsticks in the car is worse than texting and driving. It's like no, that that tracks. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like because you have to <laughs> form the chopsticks which already like I don't really know how to do properly and then you have to hold mm-hmm. the back of Cheetos like that's both of your hands mm-hmm. occupied like that's yeah that's certainly more dangerous and for what <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah for, so you so you don't get Cheeto dust on yourself like just be an adult and live with it if you're going to be an mm-hmm. adult and eat Cheetos live with the Cheeto dust I do it's fine and you know licking your fingers at the end of it is half the fun of eating those Cheetos anyway yeah so. it's double flavor, come on you know yeah and then uh and then the whole sin about where she walks into the bar and then it's wait do women carry around a spare pair of shoes with them and they mm. happen to be close to the right size even if both things are true I'm still saying how complicated it must be to leave the house as a woman <laughs> yeah it's uh yeah <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Yeah. So uh, I, th- I think I, I had a couple comments uh, from from random places. So I saw McDonald's on YouTube uh, commented, uh, give discount Jeremy a break. I, just, I love how he's calling Aaron discount Jeremy. Uh, mm-hmm. It's great. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> about the whole genius level storytelling thing. It's hard to come up with an excuse like that when someone at Disney is pointing a gun at his head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and kind of like we were talking to earlier, it really kind of feels like this is how the a lot of the um like shows kind of feel like there doesn't really seem to be a direction except somebody at disney is holding a gun to your head saying write hulk into this like Mm -hmm. or or like um you know we need loki to survive you can't kill loki Mm -hmm. or you know whatever make 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 a new iron man suit so we can sell more toys or whatever yeah yeah (laughs) yeah Good job. Uh, and then uh, Ziggy on Discord also, he's like, all right, so you're going to make me be that kind of geek. She hulked into breaking the fourth wall first, which also YouTube comments littered with all this. She Hulk broke the fourth wall before Deadpool and, mm-hmm. uh, and, and and all these defenses like that. And then uh, 
just I I wrote this comment down just because Chris Bat- Chris Backinson writes uh, as always the books don't matter <laughs> yeah yep pretty much and 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 the the thing that I think a lot of people need to understand this is going to sound so pompous and whatever about cinema sins in general is you've got to pretend like everything you've seen in the past is before the thing that you have watched like okay so like let's say i watched deadpool for the first time after i saw she-hulk well then deadpool stealing from she-hulk now you know everything that i've watched watched now and i've seen it before doesn't matter what came before and what iteration it came in we're always going to do that that silly thing like it got stolen from this even though it was 10 years ahead of when, you know, like we, right. we, we've done that a million times where like something that came well after something that came well before the thing we're saying it stole from, we've done that before. So it's fun, you know, commenters coming on and saying, well, actually, and all this stuff, because it's sort <laughs> of, that's sort of the, the fun of having, yeah. having these, uh, you know, these videos in general. Uh, but you know, a lot of times I think people don't realize that we're just trying to say, Hey, I saw this thing first. I saw Deadpool first. And now this is stealing from that. Even though if you want to go and do research, which we don't, uh, you know, <laughs> if you want to go back there and do research and say, well, in the, in the various primordial forms of these, uh, these various comic books and everything, actually She-Hulk did it first. You know, it, do- it just doesn't matter in the end. Sure. It's amazing how many times you'll write something and you're like, I'm not sure about this. That one thing that you wrote turns into this giant thread of comments about that. You didn't know that it was even a, you didn't even know it was a thing that there was an argument about this, but there is, there always is. There's always an argument. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's a shame that YouTube doesn't have moderators, but um, yeah. I mean, they, yeah. that would be a hell of a lot of moderators, but yeah, it, uh, it is a shame. <laughs> uh, the only question I had about the video is the uh, eating bur- a bean burrito and then going to yoga class. Is that factor cap? Okay. It is apparently a fact. I, uh, I asked Aaron about this and he said that is a true Danae story that she put into the script. So <laughs> I personally would not have uh, made that choice. Um but, uh, hey, you know, sometimes, you know, it's like that commercial, those commercials, those Taco Bell commercials say sometimes it doesn't matter what's going on. You got to have Taco Bell. So, you yeah, know, live your best life, was- Danae. Uh, mm-hmm, absolutely. Uh, that'll lead us to Tuesday's video, Vampire's Kiss. Uh, I guess kind of off the bat, uh, this is uh, you and Jonathan's script. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just seems like an interesting video to release. I mean, I don't, I don't know that there was anything else coming out that you could have made a connection to. I just like, I like to think inside, honestly, to me, the scheduling is just as fascinating as everything else. Cause you're like, Oh, well there's this movie that has this person. That's also in that thing. And you know, I was mm-hmm. like, Oh, I didn't know that. Cool. Is there a particular reason vampires kiss came out this week? Really only because it was a video we did a long time ago, about six months ago when the unbearable weight of massive talent was about to come out in theaters. We did three videos. Actually, I scheduled pig to be the video to come out for unbearable weight of massive talent. And I was not sure if pig would get blocked when we did it. So just in case I was like, I of all the movies that sort of tie into unbearable weight, vampires kiss would be one because that's one of the all time unhinged Nicholas cage performances. Sure. 
so I wanted to schedule that. But then as I got in the middle of that writing, I was like, this may get blocked too. I'm not sure about this one. And so we also did Sorcerer's Apprentice, which uh, that movie, that video got done and it waited for a second. And then it came out like the next month, basically as a filler video or whatever. Sure. So Vampire's Kiss was done and it was ready and it never got blocked and all that. And it didn't matter. I was going to go ahead and schedule it for October and just go ahead and have an October video for Halloween. And that's what you'll notice. There's a, you know, we obviously have a huge Halloween motif every October. So that's the reason why Vampire's Kiss ended up coming out on the first week of, of October was because of that. It's just, it's a spare video we had and it's, and it's the time of season. So, yeah. So I've never seen Vampire's Kiss before. And uh, based off of the Sims video, it looks like there's made there like there's something interesting here, but yeah. I also can't tell if this movie is good or bad. <laughs> so what, what do you think about Vampire's Kiss? <laughs> yeah, it is one of those, right? In this case, I, this was my first viewing of Vampire's Kiss when I sent okay. it. The thing that was incredibly interesting was I had heard what the plot of this movie was forever. Nicholas Cage thinks he might be a vampire, but he we're but the movie is not sure whether he is or not. But the interesting wrinkle to this whole thing is that it's got a whole completely different message in it. Whether he's becoming a vampire or not, I think the movie is already saying he kind of is a vampire, no matter whether there's a real supernatural thing going on with him or not. Mm-hmm. Because it's about a toxic masculine workplace essentially that's what the whole movie's about and 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 really toxic masculinity in general with his relationships as well the movie itself is just watching nicholas cage just going crazy and that's the best part of it and this is before people really registered nicholas cage as this kind of actor i would recommend the movie it's just okay. that there's going to be parts in it where you're sitting there going, yeah, I don't know what to think about this. I don't know if this is good or bad or, you know, or what. Well, that's what I was going to ask uh, was, you know, you, you seem to be unsure about the movie in a lot of ways as well. I mean, you seem to mm-hmm. like the messaging. So my, my question was going to be, would you recommend somebody watch this or just watch American Psycho instead? No, mm-hmm. yeah. And that's the funny thing, because I swear to God, Christian, but we wrote this in the video. I, Christian Bale had to have watched this movie to get a sort of a, a feel of what, because what Nicolas Cage in this is doing a lot of the things that Bale ends up doing in American Psycho. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. Um, I would recommend both. I mean, that's a double feature, right? You could watch Vampire's Kiss and American okay. Psycho. No problem. Sure. Uh, you will you will not feel good about yourself watching <laughs> those movies back to back, but um, Fair. but for sure. In this video, I have uh, if you told me Nick Cage would be rehearsing for an Alvin and the Chipmunks movie, I would uh, I would believe you. Yep, uh, Jonathan wrote that <laughs> one. Yep, and then uh, as he's going through his like A B C, this, yeah. I'm beginning to think this movie's not about vampires. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And then uh, just A plus phrasing here, giving orders while making odors. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep, yep. A, there's a there's a really really good quality uh, shit joke in both of the Sims video Cinema Sins videos <laughs> yeah. this week. <laughs> yeah, um, and <laughs> yeah. So uh, some some that you and Chris because uh, are you and Jonathan together on both of the videos? So like you guys just knock it out of the park for that, I guess. So it's a lot of fun doing these horror movies with Jonathan for sure. Uh, what are some of the other stuff you wanted to point out from the video? One that I wrote that I liked is um, it's kind of too bad that this is Peter's movie and not Alva's. Because what are we rooting for here that he gets cured? Because I'm not sure there's a cure for being an asshole. Yeah. And it's one of those things where like, 
I, I don't know how how good the movie would be if it was from from Alva's perspective and everything. It, the entertainment of this movie is Nicolas Cage being Nicolas Cage, but it would be interesting to see her perspective rather than him coping with whatever he's he is or whatever. Uh, and I think that may be the maybe the missing ingredient is that mm. even though this is a toxic masculine ma- masculinity movie, we're not really seeing her perspective. We're just seeing that she's scared all the time. It probably would have been a more scary movie if they would have had it from Alva's perspective, because I guess you got this like looming Nicolas Cage might snap at any minute kind of vibe to it. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that'd be interesting. Then uh, Jonathan wrote Alva acts surprised that Peter brings the contract up. I'm never going to side with Peter on any of this bullshit, but I still know, don't know why Alva is surprised by this. He's pulled this shit on her every time. Yeah. That is a weird thing that happens in a lot of movies where someone has just never shown any reason for you to trust them whatsoever. I don't know if this is this point. It may be, they may be at the office, but there's a point very end she's left the office she's trying to get away from this dude and he shows up at her door it's like i've turned a corner i know i was an asshole you know let's let's do something about this and she doesn't think it's about the file for some reason even though that's all he's been obsessed with the entire movie (laughs) and and every time he's shown that he's going to be nice he has turned every single time and like now he shows up at her door and she thinks, oh, well, then he must have really turned. It's really bizarre, man. But it's also, I think, part of the message that they are trying to put in this movie. Uh, also on here, uh, let's see, uh, Jonathan wrote, if you wanted to know what Peter did with the pigeon, here's a 20 second shot of feathers on the <laughs> ground, complimented by belching, just in case you need an overlong artistic explanation. It, it, it's one of those things, you know, what's going to happen to the pigeon. You don't need to see like this long shot telling right. you what happened. Uh, so I like that a lot. I know I wrote the one that says somewhere in New York, a helicopter pilot lifts off unaware that someone in the city thinks he's a vampire. We will now observe this helicopter in its full glory because we wish we were that pilot. <laughs> um, because yeah, there are scenes in this where it's just, it's just taking a long time for no reason. And that was one. It's just a helicopter. It's, it has nothing to do with the rest of the movie. We're seeing this full thing go into flight. And then uh, Jonathan wrote, I appreciate the movie giving us an actual visual that encompasses everything that went into the making of this movie. Nose candy, eye candy, and Stella Artois. Pretty sure it was in NYC's tourist tagline in the late 80s. Yeah, there's a big, of course, there's a big New York drugs and alcohol party in this movie. And and uh, yeah, it looks like the very ingredients for making the movie were in that shot. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one thing that I wrote down to ask about was, uh, you really couldn't find anything on the poster outside Peter's apartment. Like, seems yeah. Crazy. And one of the fun things about, you know, cinema sins writing is when you see stuff in the background and you are like, I want to look this up and I want to have an understanding of it. And maybe you can come up with a comment. Uh, maybe you can do something to write about this. And so, yeah, there was that poster in the, like, that's just outside of his, uh, apartment. And I was like, what is this? Typed it into Google. And this movie is the only thing that comes up. I think there was like some discussion back and forth, like, you know, like a Quora forum or something that came up, but it appears to have just been completely invented for the movie. Unless it's just something that got lost to time. Uh, it's very possible that that's the case. Like it could have been something that they could have, it could have been a flyer they found around New York city for all I know. So fair. Um, 
So yeah, could not find anything on that poster. Or at least you would think may- maybe they made it for the movie, but why not make something that was that's a little bit more like fitting for the movie something that's like a nice you notice it and then you're like oh that enhances the movie a little bit yeah 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 it it, it, it has something to do with what's going on but yeah yeah this was just kind of a kind of went nowhere yeah um i also i didn't write it down but i just appreciated where um because there's a scene where he's watching nosferatu and so it's just like why is there always a better vampire movie in every vampire movie now we just watching that one in scream they're watching halloween and that like maybe is the only example of the movie that you're watching is better than the Eh, yeah at least least equal plane it's yeah it's got it's on par yeah the uh it's always to me those are always directors saying this is a movie i was influenced by that i love let's put this in here right when you aim that high too that's the thing if you have nosferatu on then obviously it's always going to be there's hardly anything that's going to beat that so well there's like what three good vampire movies out there total uh it might be right it might be true and two of them were called Nosferatu. <laughs> well, that'll take us to Wednesday's video. This is Rick and Morty, the new season of Rick and Morty, uh, Solarix, uh, Ian and Jonathan writing on this one. Chris, you were kind of like the pioneer for Rick and Morty on the Sins team, right? Well, I don't know about that. I did, uh, in the Sincast days, recommend Rick and Morty. I think it was in its third season at that point. Well, I, um, I guess I just more so meant to say, like, I think you were an early adopter and try i definitely definitely tried to introduce jeremy and barrett to but yeah it was and and it, for me it took i don't know how long it had gotten into its run before i started watching i'm gonna say that i'm i'm proud to have not been one of those you have to be smart to enjoy it rick and mm. morty fans uh that was out there i don't get that i've never gotten that kind of fandom I've never understood it and why it's such a badge of honor for a lot of people to be that way enjoying something one is one thing but being to that point I'll, i don't think i'll ever get to that kind of excitement about anything i feel that way uh i feel that way about hockey like there's lots of people that are just like hockey's only good to watch other fights i'm like hockey ruined fights ruin the sport anyway mm-hmm. um yeah uh <laughs> maybe minor want... league hockey minor yeah, league sure hockey where right beer league hockey mm-hmm. absolutely yeah but actual yeah. no Exactly. No, so, so Rick and Morty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Acting like the Citadel being gone is a bad thing. We've been there enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pretty sure we all felt a disturbance of that singular individual that just yelled at the screen. Those aren't Wolverine claws, and then continuing the same. Yeah. Actually, well, but X twenty three does take the mantle. That felt like uh, Ian channeling, uh, sort of a nitpicking the nitpickers just in advance. Yeah, um, yeah. Been, like I know people are gonna yell at me for this, so well, I'll just go ahead and debunk you in the video, right? I and a, and a sin that a sin that I personally just like stri- strikes me because this is my favorite Batman storyline. But Batman doesn't abandon people. Jason Todd has entered the chat. Yeah, um, <laughs> and then uh, the <laughs> reading is just perfect here. But the you're like a suicide bomber. It's like do they they often do the thing more than once (laughs) (laughs) yes yes and then uh why why did you bring that thing to our house it was cute fuck and then the the (laughs) father-son conversation when my younger brother was born somehow makes it into this episode Uh, lots of lots of fun to be here (laughs) i haven't seen this episode but uh this sins video was great and i it also kind of made me like want to go check out this episode so the first few episodes of this season have have sort of come back to earth and they, they definitely feel like older Rick and Morty. Now the last 
two seasons. I don't know what was going on with the last two seasons. Uh, in the end, it just wasn't funny, really, the last couple of seasons. There was one yeah. episode in particular that was really good, I thought. Maybe maybe a couple sprinkled in that were uh, that were that were really that were good. Uh, so far, so good. Actually, I think on season six. So cool. That's good to um, hear. I'll get back into it. Uh, some stuff you liked about the video. It says uh, Digestibot convert to nutrient mass, and then as the show drops, a deuce ex machina, and hopes we won't notice. Perfect. Um, then there's a magazine called Rolling Boner, and this is why all the magazines on this rack seem pretty sinful. My main issue is with Rolling Boner because it sounds painfully detached. Yes, yes, indeed. Um, yeah. And then uh, Evil Rick or whatever is like, there's this, the, there's the clone you found, or maybe it's me all naked, just a little Kaiser Soze. He's like, this is not how you Kaiser Soze. This might be how you Terminator or Six Day. And then, in true fashion. Wait, is that what happens in Six Day? Did anyone actually watch Six Day? I've lost my train of thought. Regardless, incorrect references to Kaiser Soze will always get you a sin. I don't make the rules. Oh, wait, actually I do. So here are five sins. Anytime you can go off on a tangent about some obscure movie that came out uh, a long time ago, I always enjoy that. And I I, I would 100% say that's got to be a Jonathan uh, sin there because oh, only yes. he's going to come up with Sixth Day in this scenario. Well, and it's, yes, I feel like the Sixth Day is one of those movies that I see all the time, like at disc resale shops. But I don't know that anybody has ever picked this movie up. Like there's a reason why it's at these shops. I think people's taste changed quite a bit during the 90s too where schwarzenegger wasn't all these big one-man action stars and everything weren't uh weren't as big anymore by the time the mid to late 90s came up so funnily uh, enough but, though if you go to schwarzenegger's imdb page the sixth day is one of the four in his known four so <laughs> yeah we got we got to talk about that with the imdb you got to have a discussion with the imdb about the the known for uh, yeah, terminator 2 do. terminator sure last action hero Okay, not what I but, would think. Yeah, it's malpractice not to put Total Recall in there and and uh, and it, True and Lies going, even. If we're going for known for. I mean, even Batman and Robin. Like, yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. Yeah, very nice. Uh, that should take us into Thursday's video then. Final destination. Congratulations, Chris. Uh, you and Jonathan writing on this as mentioned. This is my favorite video yep. of the week. So, okay. <laughs> Uh, obviously right. I had a lot of sins to like about this. Um, this I think is one of the most, at the very least, it's the horror franchise I'm the most interested in. Mm -hmm. I'm not really a horror fan, um, mm -hmm. but I really like the premise of this movie. I kind of watched these movies kind of growing up. Mm -hmm. Like I wasn't five watching this or whatever, but like middle school maybe. Yeah. And at least the first three and fifth movie are really solid uh, there's just that really awful the final destination yeah, uh, yeah but like four out of five is a good track record especially for a horror franchise and mm -hmm. i think they're all pretty consistently like seven out of tens none of them are excellent but none of them are terrible maybe two is the standout as far as the best yeah but, it's got that big highway scene that uh, that everybody loves um yeah the highway scene's great and they like actually managed to like build on the rules in a unique and interesting way yeah so that that's good, but um, I I really really like this franchise. Uh, I think they're rebooting it, which is I guess good because I want more of these movies. But I don't I don't know that it needed to reboot. Uh, yeah. Anyway, what do you think uh, about the franchise? I generally like these movies. Uh, they know what they are. It it gets to the point of uh, 
almost being a comedy, which is why yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know if that's sustainable over the amount of movies that they made because it just gets so ridiculous. Like there's that one, I can't even remember which number this one was, but I think it might be three, but they go into a, like a, a salon or something. And it's like everything in that salon could end up killing them. Yeah. Uh, that's three. like, you know, they, they, they show this, this creaky fan ceiling fan. That's like, you know, about already about to fall off as it is. And there's like, yep. you know, uh, plugs, like all these plugs going into this thing where there's like, you know, maybe a coffee maker or sink or something next to it. It's just a lot of those things where it's just, it just shows you a whole bunch of stuff that could happen. And a lot of these are red herrings and, and some of these are actually going to get combined in a way that you had no idea. So overall, I think these are fun. I just, I, I like the premise of them, you know, always somebody that gets the premonition and they have that, that key opening scene in every one of these movies where, you know, the third one was the roller coaster and that one was fun. Mm-hmm. The fourth uh, but, one, the, even the fourth one had a cool destruction scene, but that was because that was the like race car track. Yeah. Yeah. The race car track. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I mean, there's the, there in general, I, I do like these. I, I kind of, I mean, other than I kind of forgot about these movies though. And this is why is the reason why we hadn't done one until now is that I just kind of forgot about it. Somebody mentioned a final destination. I don't know, two or three months ago. And I was like, Oh yeah, we need to do a final destination movie. What the hell? Why have we not yeah. done one of these? So uh, so yeah, that, and uh, it feels that, perfect for a CinemaSins kind of video because it, mm-hmm. it, it really feels like this franchise is a 2000s franchise. I mean, I think yeah, uh, this is a 2000 film, right? Uh, mm-hmm. It would have been like weird, like if they had tried to come out with like, let's say that they didn't have the idea for this until like the following year, where 2001, you have September 11th and all that. Mm-hmm. Like, what if they had made this movie that year? Like that might have changed the entire course of that franchise because they may they may not have been able to come out with us i mean if they were about to they had it release date in october or whatever forget about no it. they would have had to they would have had to moved it either either maybe, shelve it or completely reshoot it yeah they they may have not have been able to come out with this movie if it came out a year just a year later so that's yeah the, that's the kind of crazy stuff you're when you're watching this you you have this Oh, this is all pre nine eleven. All the stuff that's happening in this, like going to the airport. Well, and all so that. I'm sure that makes it hard to send TSA because TSA was not the most lax, but significantly more lax. Yeah, yeah, uh, so absolutely. The airport experience is totally different, but uh, <laughs> yeah, th- I think you're right. Also, too, where this film, like the franchise, kind of know what it is because on three on the Blu-ray, you can uh, you can actually do like a choose your own like make your own choices and it's kind of like all oh, these alternate wow. paths. And so like certain characters can actually survive. Huh? Like there's that, uh, there's that douchebag character that gets killed in a drive through where an engine mm-hmm. comes through his head and you can like oh, make yeah. him survive. And then he's in the rest of the movie. Wow. Like, so they, so they actually shot this or yeah. So, so yeah, so it's, it's on the, it's on the physical Blu-rays. Oh, can, wow. I had no idea. It's pretty cool. Um, mm-hmm. you can't save everybody. And some right. people you can kill earlier and, or at least they maybe died differently, but, mm-hmm. but yeah, you can, you can do that, um, on, on, on the Blu-ray for three and then, um, five is a perfect, like they are so teasing the audience because kind of like you said, they go to a salon, but this, they, they show you like 50 different ways that somebody could die. And mm-hmm. then it's like the most random thing. It's like, cause it's like, oh, they barely survived the thing that should have killed them. Like, I think mm-hmm. like, there's a guy getting acu- acupuncture done. And so they show like a million different ways that this guy's going to die. 
and he he's fine after whatever but then like he slips on a small puddle of water and then lands on his back with all the needles like it's yeah yeah <laughs> yeah uh, yeah <laughs> that one's a lot of fun but mm-hmm. um getting back to the sins then uh, now i gotta sit here and watch Stuart little why is that the only option i'm glad this plane goes down and yeah there's a baby but that baby would prefer a plane crash over Stuart little <laughs> yeah 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 that would be that's jonathan as well even you know we were talking about movie references and uh I, I, you know, I saw the Stuart little thing as well, but I was like, I don't really know what to say about it. Cause I've never seen Stuart little. I know that M night Shyamalan, I think wrote on, on that, on that. I uh, think thing. so. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but, but I, I, I just, one of that was one of those things where I just decided to skip writing anything about it. And then com- combining the scripts, Jonathan, of course, wrote something about Stuart little. So I was like, yep, yep. We, we definitely got to put that in there. <laughs> uh, so yeah. Earlier when the song came on, Todd didn't give two shits about it. Oh, wait, maybe he did. There's that other great poop joke. I don't, I'm trying to remember if the punny nature of that joke happened because I was thinking of that scene, or if I just said he, I I may have said he, yeah, he didn't care. I was thinking about, I think he, I think I was just saying he didn't care. And then I realized, oh, he's on the toilet during that scene. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, he didn't give two shits about it. All right. And then I, that was the way it was going to be. I don't think I even thought about the double, you know, the overhead double shot of two guys sitting on the toilet. And then I was like, oh, you could say he was giving two shits about it. You know, that it, that's one of those that are fun to write. You know, yeah. it's, it's just one of those that like, like, where does that come from? A lot of times I'm, I'm actually trying to think about what came first and all that, the pun, what was I originally going to say? All that type of stuff. That was one of those, but yeah, that one, that one turned out well. Officer, I'd like to report this bus driver for being a drunken maniac running over a girl who was clearly in the street for, I definitely have time to break for her amounts of time. One of those things that is so like has bothered me for so long. Cause that bus is moving well past whatever the speed limit is for that street. This is like mm-hmm. downtown New York. Like, I mean, not New York City, but like a city in New yeah, York. Right. This is like a corner cafe. Like, surely the speed limit is 20, and, at, and that's at a four way intersection with four stop signs. That bus should not be going 200 miles an hour. No, it's, it, and this is, we, the, I think this set off a chain of this kind of death happening in in movies uh people being run over that's always been a thing but the the surprise out of nowhere splatter the body all over the place kind of that sort of happened it even they even made fun of it and i think it was the the comebacks uh that david keckner yeah, football yeah, yeah. i think they made fun of that because there's like people in the middle of a football field getting run over by buses and stuff and that <laughs> uh uh but but like something that always bothers me obviously people do get hit by things all the time they get hit by cars buses whatever all the time but it's usually because something has happened that was out of that person's control and like the bus or whatever can't be possibly aware but this this girl sitting there in the middle of the street yelling she's at the very least on the curb and the bus driver should be aware that she might take a step into the street right uh, so yeah, it's, it's one of those things, but you know, movie moment wise, this was awesome. It's an awesome, awesome moment. And, uh, we wrote this, the pseudo sin in here because yes, there was a projectionist I knew at Hollywood 27 
that when this scene came up, <laughs> he went over to the volume knob and cranked it all the way. It goes all the way to 10, which is, I don't know. I think I guessed the decibels in the, in the sin, but the n- typical decibel level for a movie is 75 to 85, I think. And so he would like crank it uh, beyond the 85 decibel point uh, <laughs> when that, tr- when that bus hit and everything, and then he just turn it back down. And it's already a moment where people are jumping. So just imagine what it's like that, you know, it got cranked up at that moment or whatever. So that's a, that's a lot of fun. I was going to ask that. I figured like, there's no way that's not a true story. So that's mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> that guy, that guy's my hero. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also just related to that same, but there later there's the, um, uh, the train conductor, like the train never stops moving even after it's clobbered the car. And so you're like, th- th- is the bus driver now a train conductor? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Now that one, that one's another one where you're sitting there going, why, how could this, how could this be that somebody just doesn't care this much? You know, they, they saw this car on the tracks for a really long time this train and i think pretty much everywhere in the world if you have a there's a car on the track the train's gonna at least try to stop and if it can't stop so be it but it's gonna it's gonna eventually stop right uh, this this train just keeps going and which and which as is the reason billy dies because the train yeah. doesn't stop and and we don't yeah. see death tinkering with the brakes on the train so mm-hmm. we have no reason to believe that he ha- that death has yeah maybe if we yeah have gotten a train conductor tries to pull the lever but death is doing something maybe but yeah uh, everybody outside of the main characters in this movie just live guilt-free apparently they just like i mean this, <laughs> the bus driver has 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 ended a life and that's going to be scarring for the rest of his life to know that he hit her that hard whatever and and you know and you know the train conductor too is probably i mean like everybody just gets to go on about their happy selves and then, then you know everybody else has to worry about death the whole time yeah it's just uh but yeah that was a, that was a fun one too to, to to think maybe the bus driver got a new job after <laughs> it's, this it's and, perfect uh, mm, yeah i mean that might be the sin of the week for me mm-hmm. uh, definitely is the sin of the week for me that one just slayed me uh, mm-hmm. also like it's one of those things where i i think so we talked about how this franchise kind of like works because it's it's kind of self-aware and it's kind of a comedy and so it has to set up these ridiculous things but like the sin where where it's at uh the teacher's house and it's like why go through all this thing to hope that a cracked mug leaves water on a computer monitor to maybe glow some glass shards and then the glass shards don't even kill her they just go in her neck it's like why not just make a knife float and stab her and then blow the house up you did that anyway like it's like yeah yeah yeah, just blow the house like (laughs) yeah Uh, that's the interesting thing about this movie revisiting it i always had this sort of thought that it was like stuff that they were in a situation that was already dangerous and because death wants things to happen it just, it just ramps things up a little bit more. It doesn't like actually physically do anything. Death doesn't actually guide anything, but like in that particular death scene, a lot of the stuff you're like, Oh, well, yeah, he's just trying to make it look like an accident, especially after the first death where the water comes out onto the floor right and makes that dude slip and fall and then you know all that stuff wraps around his clothesline wraps around him and hangs him. Um, and then the water dries up immediately. Yeah, the water seeps back, so it's like, oh, he's trying to get away with it. Death doesn't want to make, like, but I'm sitting there going, you could just keep the water out. Nobody's going to sit there and think death did this, you know. Right. So I, 
it, it goes back and forth in that movie whether or not death wants to do, make it look like an accident or whether but these movies are less fun if if they are more serious right like yeah 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 like it's it's funner because these are so ludicrous it's it's scarier if it's if it's just trying to point out hey you guys are really close to death every single day if one mm-hmm. little thing goes wrong you know, yeah that's it like that's a really scary movie these aren't scary. These are fun. Yeah. Uh, Alex realizes touching the knife was a bad thing to do, but then he just drops it at the crime scenes. Like the fingerprints will disappear once the knife hits the floor. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just like, like, how can you be aware that being here is a bad thing for you? You're already being questioned by the FBI in this movie. And then you pick up a knife. That's why. I mean, okay. I can get you maybe picking up the knife, but then afterwards, not just dropping it there. You got to know that you've left your fingerprints at that point. Well, and, and he, just, he grabs it exactly like you would hold a knife to stab somebody. It's right. like, you're not going to grab it by the blade or make sure yeah. you grab a towel first. How about don't pull the knife out? Because what if it's holding an artery together? Like, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Who has a cabin in the woods only a couple miles from their house at that point, just live in the cabin. Yep. Um, Jonathan wrote that one. I was like that. Yeah, exactly. Why do you have a cabin just two miles away? Yeah. Right. It's not like in upstate New York or whatever. It's like, mm-hmm. cause Alex can still get from the cabin to go save clear in like 15 minutes. Like, yeah. <laughs> and then because Carter almost got hit by a train and your car was about to be a bonfire. Uh, because that, that was the whole, like, what if, um, uh, oh, how how do we know? They're, they're asking. They're sitting there in Paris, and they're like, "How do we know that this was all real?" And they're like, "Well, because Carter almost got hit by a train. Yeah, you you were about to be in a car that yeah. was about to become a bonfire. Like, it's amazing how quickly uh, they forget, right? If you're if you're the filmmakers, I can see you saying exactly they did. They that they, they are uh, they are thumbing their nose at death now. That's why death has suddenly come back for them. You could, uh, uh, but it, but it is weird though, that you don't think that you escaped like you're that far along that you're like, Oh yeah. Well, then none of that was real. I mean, we almost, <laughs> you know, I mean, well, and there's the, there's also the sins of my, you're right. There's no way. Why would Carter go with them? Like he's, he's still a douche at the end of the first six months. So unless mm-hmm. he did a t- total 180, why is he going there? Uh, which makes that last sin perfectly where it's like, don't mm-hmm. worry. I wouldn't tell him either. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> um, like, there's clearly enough time and he just saved your life. Maybe return the favor. Um, mm-hmm. There's also the, um, the thing about um, why is the FBI just not pursuing Alex anymore? Like that they're going to let him fly out of the country. Like no yeah. way the FBI would let him do that. Especially when there's a murder investigation with fingerprints on the murder weapon. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So like of all the deaths that are in that, the teacher should be fully yeah. put on Devin Sawa in that movie. Yeah. I didn't write these down again, but the there's the, there's like a running gag of like, I shouldn't send this for this franchise, but Alex survives this. And it's just like, mm-hmm. constantly. so I can't wait for when final destination two sins video comes out and you find out that Alex is killed by a falling brick. Like, yeah, <laughs> Where the sin is just going to be like, so he survived this and that and that and that, but a brick? like Yeah, that's what ends the guy. Well, yeah. the worst yeah. off-screen death of all time. Uh. <laughs> a brick, yes. 
Very nice. One I wrote, uh, the, this asshole kid has a poster of Pecker in his room. Pecker! And he doesn't have any other movie posters. Apparently Pecker is this guy, Scarface. <laughs> um, uh, just an unusual poster to have up in uh, a high school kid's room. Uh, I'm not too far removed from being in high school when Final Destination came out. So, like, I don't remember Pecker being a big deal, uh, but maybe to a generation just past me pecker had had kind of a following i don't know uh todd says no to this because he wants one of these girls to sit next to him yeah there's an interesting thing i I may have rewound this scene a hundred times there are three seats in the aisles and the two the two girls that todd wants to sit next to are asking to be able to sit there you know, meanwhile, Alex is in the back because he want you know, Todd wants to sit next to these two girls. So there's nobody else that they have to worry about. And I'm sitting there going, why doesn't Todd just say, Hey, you can sit here and it's no problem. I'll just sit over here by the window or whatever. Right. And, and, and uh, the third person in those set of three. Right. So instead of saying that he says something about having some sort of bowel IBS or something like that. I'm like, I know you're in high school. I know you're not smooth yet. I understand. (laughs) But why didn't the idea to just sit with them get into your head? Like there's three seats. I don't know. The movie seems to be saying that there's only two seats there, but even though we can see three in the aisle, I, I, I don't know. They don't do much to show you that that's the case, but that it's one of those weird, bizarre things. Like maybe it's not a sin, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's just, they want to sit together. They don't want to have anybody else next to them. And that's the request. But I just don't understand why Todd that's, that's where it, where it comes down to. Why does Todd just say, feel free to sit next to me. I'm not going to, that's just totally fine. Instead they make this big deal. It's not a big plot point, but it becomes somewhat of a plot point that, they move seats. Well, because that's how Alex realizes like, Oh, I wasn't, it's, it's a based on your assigned seats, not where you actually sit. And then, right. And then there's a bunch of sins that are like, actually who knows at this point? Cause the movie's so inconsistent. Like, right, right. And, then, and so there's a lot of delving into the, how he, how Alex even figures out like what the order is just from a diagram that he saw on television. And you're like, so you're saying on this one explosion here on this guy's seat, that nobody else around them died. They had to wait until the big explosion happened. Like it, like none of it that they just want to get to this order thing, you know, in the movie, like, okay, this is the order. And you're just supposed to kind of like, Oh yeah. Okay. That's the order. That makes sense. And then you move on. But like when you're you're in a cinema mode, you're like, Whoa, wait a minute. How does he, how do you figure that out from this? You can't really, Oh yeah. Jonathan wrote, I guess fifth build on Roswell wasn't enough cred to get you past the 17 mark <laughs> minute mark in a 2000 horror film. Yeah. This movie in 2000 is definitely built on a lot of WB shows and like, you know, people who had just started making it big in the late nineties. Uh, Oh, Jonathan wrote also, did he just come out of a fucking cave <laughs> talking about Tony Todd? And this is something I didn't even notice when I watched it. I didn't I'd- either. <laughs> I was combining the script and I was like, right. What out of a, out of a cave? What does he mean? And I went back to the movie, that part of the movie. I was like, holy shit. He does seem to be coming out of a cave there. He does. And and then you wonder, that's not really a cave. Did they mean to do this? Is it just some part of the, the set 
that just looks i don't know does it look like a cave i don't know it was i like to think it's a portal from Candyman. yeah Um, yeah i mean that's that's the best way to look at it really when it comes down to it I think we combined on this one, uh, combined to send. This is also let's rewind. When Terry started his rant, you can see a bulldozer or crane. I love this part of the job of cinema sense. Trying to figure out a lot of times you you don't have any idea. You will never know because there's not enough angles, there's not enough anything to to prove your point. But in this scene where Terry gets hit by the bus, you can see a bulldozer and another thing blocking the street from where the bus would be coming from. So there's definitely no way a bus is speeding through the intersection at that point and crashing into somebody. Mm-hmm. And you can't, you can't like, you know, you can't infer like, well, maybe they're turning or anything like that. No, they're not turning. Way too fast to turn. Yeah. So, so that was a fun thing to, to discover in the background of this is maybe you say something to the effect of, yeah, exactly. It came out of nowhere. You know, I like <laughs> to think that the same portal that brought in Tony Todd from Candyman brought in See? the bus from speed yeah we are just now straight from the highway to go clobber now, a girl and then straight back into you know speed we are now giving personal per uh, like absolutely rational explanations for the filmmakers of their movie 22 years later that you know i, I bet you a filmmaker is listening to this right now be like somebody finally understood yeah exactly <laughs> Uh, the, uh, John Denver greatest hits album with starting with Rocky mountain high. This mm-hmm. one was fun to do just because it, it allows you, if you're, if you're of the mind, you can go in and, and, uh, do research on John Denver greatest hits albums and see if Rocky mountain high started any of the sides of any album. Uh, and I went on a big, huge, like went through a lot of John Denver's old, mm-hmm uh stuff and uh didn't find one where it could have opened it up so well, i was gonna ask uh, that was one of the things i asked was uh was it heaven or hell doing that because i gotta imagine if you're a john denver fan it's fun mm. if mm-hmm. if you're not and then then it's probably like well now it's just tedious discography and he's such a popular artist that that died relatively young and relatively long ago so like there's got to be a lot of greatest hits albums that have come out because mm-hmm. you know, his legacy and that she's listening to it on a vinyl in 2000, by the way, people didn't listen to stuff on vinyl in 2000. Yeah. Um, but it was her mom's favorite, but it was her know. mom's favorite. Right. And, yeah, then, yeah. and so it's like, but, but, but because it's the vinyl, you have the B side. Like I thought like, there's gotta be a lot of John Denver greatest hits. Yeah. So hell is right. Hell is the correct answer. Cause, uh, because <laughs> I, here's the thing you, when you Google something like this, obviously the, the big one is what's going to come up on Google, the 1973 greatest hits album, which is what generally we think this one is that she's putting on. And so I looked that one up and Rocky mountain high, like, first off you have to do this thing where it's like, well, it's not the first song. Okay. It's not the first song on the first side. Is it the first song on the second side? That's the next thing that you got to do. So like Mm -hmm. you have to go and actually find what the album did, not what a CD would have done. She doesn't drop the pin in the middle. Like she very clearly starts it at the end. So it had to be the first track. It can't be skipping to it. And it's up there on, it's on the song titles. It says number one, Rocky mountain high. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, we talked about this. So, um, a little bit, but, uh, so wait, Clear and Alex are just cool with Carter now, so much so that mere six months later, they go on a whole ass trip to Paris with him. 
Carter has never was never cool in this movie, was never their friend. And man, he must have done a 180 during those six months for this to happen. And yes, Carter himself brings up how weird it is later, but he didn't earn his trip to Paris at the end. And especially like if Alex and Clear are a couple, which the sins point out, they must have been secretly dating the whole time because she calls him babe like halfway through the movie. And she is because that's an interesting thing I saw like in the behind the scenes of this movie. After I got done, I was like, I'm going to look at the behind the scenes on this. There's cut scenes where they they actually have a romantic moment on the beach when she goes to find him. It's so weird. And they actually have a whole, there's a sex scene. You know, it's not like, you know, full sure, blown right. rated sex scene, but right. you, it's implied they have sex. And then she has, she gets pregnant and there's a whole different <laughs> ending to the movie <laughs> where he dies. She gives birth to his son. And there's this whole thing at the end where she's, with her son, like, you know, holding his son, holding her son and looking at a memorial to Alex and then Carter shows up and then they have a similar conversation that they do in the cafe. But yeah. And then a brick a falls point. and kills Carter. Then a brick <laughs> falls and kills Carter. You know, it's, those are always interesting things when they cut scenes and then they have things that refer to them that are still left in the original movie. You know, she's saying calling him baby all the way through. And it's so odd because they're not dating in that movie at all. But they are dating in the uncut version. So so if if they are dating, Carter would be the third wheel. <laughs> yeah. Why do you want to go? Especially, why do you want to go to Paris with a couple? Like, right. Yeah. <laughs> the, the city of love with. Uh... Yeah. You just lost your girlfriend <laughs> six months ago. <laughs> and the bus driver is apparently working back at a bus driver in Paris this time, though. So, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah absolutely yeah <laughs> nice uh that'll take us to friday's video cloak versus tuna melt uh you wrote on this one mm-hmm. before we kick off the video i just kind of wanted to know is the only question i had for you what's it like writing sins uh since you're the narrator for commercial sins what's it like writing sins uh i mean it, it's supposed to be the same narrator just different voices so, so what's it like, uh, just writing sins more for your own voice? Yeah. I mean, I don't do anything different than I would do for Jeremy, but, um, the one thing that I do know that when I'm writing, uh, for commercial sins is that I can maybe get away with writing something in a weird way and know exactly how I want to say that thing. Whereas when I'm writing for Jeremy, it's going to, a lot of times he'll interpret it the way that you thought, Sometimes he'll do it in a way that you didn't think and it's fine. And then there's others where it's like, okay, this is completely wrong. We need to get a new reading of this. But like in this case, writing for myself, I'll write something and I'll be like, well, I know I can do something with this. And like, I'll add an extra something inflection or, or make this line a little bit weirder, weirder and all, you know, like, uh, maybe a little bit more off kilter than normal because I know how I'm going to read it. So it's just more of an assurance when I write, uh, for commercial sins than anything. It's no different. Really? Uh, I would write the same stuff for Jeremy if he were narrating these. So, so, uh, so yeah, they're not any difference really. How do you pick uh, sins to, to sin during commercial sins? Well, this one in particular was because on our discord, someone brought this video up. We had a lot, we had uh, some, some suggestions when we first started the channel mm-hmm. 
and uh and went through a bunch of those and there's now there's still there's like there's a bunch of requests that are still out there yeah and sometimes people on the team will be like hey i saw this commercial does anybody want to send it and usually the person who brings it up is the one who ends up sending it but uh on this one there wasn't any like thing ready in the chamber for us to do it wasn't like hey we got to do that commercial i did this on monday I got on Monday. I was, I was looking at some stuff and I was like, Hey, does anybody have any ideas for commercials? And Jonathan sent me one and I was like, I don't watch the video. And I was sitting there going, I guess we could do a thing or two with this, but I don't, I'm not really, it's not really calling to me. I went through discord and I saw a couple there. There was one. I was like, that would be funny to do, but sometimes a, a commercial is so bizarre and so out there that there's not much to make fun of anymore. Like there's a one joke premise in this one thing and it's insane. There's not a lot of like, why does he do this? Or why does he do, you know, there's not much to that. And I scrolled a little bit more and I finally found this Dr. Strange one. And I was watching that one. I was like, yeah, there's a lot you can take, take apart on this one because this is just like doing a movie so yeah monday sat there and wrote wrote on this or went through the commercial about three times and wrote sins for it and then narrated it right after and then uh let's see i think um i'd like you to kick off the the sins for for this video Uh, yeah this shot of new york city establishes that we're about to watch a very long commercial about fucking tide pods (laughs) um uh and you know, I'm sure there's like the 30 second version of this, but I watched the minute long one. And, uh, and this is one of those commercials where it's like, it's a minute long. So they have time to give you an establishing shot. The, the one that I rewound and watched a bunch to get to this sin is the mannequin sin. Um, mm. uh, when it's talking about, is this guy a mannequin? Now, to be clear, I don't think that they put a mannequin next to this kid. I don't think they did. <laughs> and, It'd be and, funny but, if it was, though. Well, and there's even a part, and I was like, oh, man, I can see this guy's face move, and maybe I can't write this. I ended up writing it anyway because I, I because the guy stands so perfectly still. His hand is just sitting there with the with the plate of with the pizza on it. And it's like, it, and nothing moves. There's it, It's in the same position the entire time. And it's so eerie and odd. They don't ever establish who this guy is or anything. He's just standing next to the kid. And I guess it, he's there because they don't want to make it look like the kid is there by himself out in the middle of New York or something. Maybe. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was fun to talk about this mannequin and then have an excuse to bring up the movie mannequin and weekend at Bernie's both movies that Andrew McCarthy are in and tell him that someone needs to get this man, Kim Cattrall stat and tell Andrew McCarthy to get the hell out of here. There's probably three people on the earth that'll get that joke. And everybody else is going to be like, why did he go on this big Kim Cattrall, Andrew McCarthy, you know, whatever. What does that, what does that have to do with anything? That's just me. I didn't get it, but I do now. That's just me being nerdy about films and Andrew McCarthy being in both weekend at Bernie's and mannequin. So, uh, so yeah, that was a lot of fun to write. And, uh, that's all I wrote on this. Yeah. I, I put down, um, so first of all, I, I put down, I just love that the commercial sins intro still has the spoiler warning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is funny. I, I review two or so of these every month. But like, I didn't notice that at first. <laughs> I was like, I told the editors, I was like, do we always put spoiler things on the commercial sins? 
And they're like, yes, we do. I was like, oh, I didn't even remember that. I didn't even know we did that. The first video, by the way, did have a carryover from some other video. So it said in 27 minutes or less on the, uh, the first video that I saw. So I was like, that definitely we have to cut out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, even though technically we're true. Uh, you know, it will be done. It will be done in less than 27 minutes. So anyway, yeah, that was a, that was an interesting thing. Commercial. Yeah. Have, we have spoiler alerts. It's just funny for me every time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. It is really disappointing that we don't see the cloak versus tuna fight. Cause you're right. The title implies that we'll see a cloak fight a tuna melt and mm-hmm. we don't. No shit, the cloak doesn't want to go into the washing machine. You're in a temple of fucking magic. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Like, there's not a spell for that. Um, yeah, exactly. It, it's not often that you have product placement inside, inside an advertisement, but here we are. I was, I was focused on this thing on the Tide Pod that says three and one on it. And I was like, well, you got two and one. You got Doctor Strange and you got, they got three and one, like, cleaning power is what they, yeah, yeah. What they mean. But in the commercial, I was like, do they have a three-in-one for the commercial to kind of make it parallel? And I was like, there's only two, and I was going to send them for that. And I was like, wait a minute, no, they actually do have a real pizza place in here. So I just went off on that, uh, <laughs> having product placement inside of an ad. Yeah, it, it works. And then the, um, this, uh, <laughs> the, the whole point of the commercial is to try to get you to buy Tide Pods. And I'm no cloak, but I still don't know why the cloak preferred pods over detergent. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. You're just going to be thrown around in a washer anyway. I thought that was the original intent of this commercial is that you didn't want to go in the washer in the first place. And, but And it's not like Wong only has like generic ass up and up mm-hmm. detergent or it's not like he has something different. No, it's like he has Tide. Mm-hmm. He just doesn't have pods. So, yeah, I guess I guess Tide is also like not advertising for themselves i guess mm-hmm. yeah yeah they're saying don't yeah, buy our exactly. regular stuff but still buy our <laughs> <Yeah>. stuff <laughs> right <laughs> nice all right well that'll do it for the content this week lots of good stuff that'll take us to behind the center so tell me about yourself we're all sinners every one of us and what happens to sinners get to know each other better you know see daddy sinners have soul too the information it's too much walk away march just walk away so questions I've been asking everybody as they've been coming on for this first round is um, if you had to describe CinemaSins to somebody who had never heard of the channel, how would you do it in a sentence or two? Yeah. I mean, this is something that happens quite a bit. Uh, if I, especially at a poker table, if someone's like, what do you do? And then I have to go, well, I run a YouTube channel and they're like, oh, what is it? And you're like, it's CinemaSins. We make fun of movies. It's pretty much all I ever say. I don't yeah. go far into it at all, but, but basically the spirit of this question, I would say like, you know, we make fun of movies. We have a sarcastic critic who is an asshole to movies during narration over actual film clips basically is what it just comes down to. But a lot of times people, you know, I hate saying critiques because we're not critics. People, a lot of times will know that I do this and then like, well, what's the latest one that you reviewed? And I'm like, I know what you mean. I'm not going to sit here and correct you uh, that we review movies or do anything <laughs> in, that's hard criticism, but uh, you know, our next one is this one, or we just got done with that one or whatever. So anyway, a lot of times people have a misunderstanding of what we do, but that's fine. Uh, and then uh, it's channel's been around for almost 10 years. So you've, and, and we've already established you're a co-creator. So you've been on since the very beginning. So literally the entire catalog to choose from 
Do you have a favorite sin uh, or two? Like one of those that has just really stuck out to you? I think Daniel described it best last week when he said, like, I wrote this sin once, or I guess it could be I saw this sin once, and I've aspired to write that every single video again. Mm-hmm. Uh, or do you have just favorite running gags? I mean, it, at this point, it's tough for me to remember the very best ones or whatever. I have I have several ranty ones that I like over the years that – uh, let's talk about the villain's plan type of sins are, are some of my favorite ones. But one that I thought of the other day was this thing from chamber of secrets. And it basically this big, long, it's the, it's probably the longest sin we have ever written. And uh, I won't go through the whole thing, but really it's how criminally unsafe Hogwarts is in chamber of secrets and how, how they don't do anything and I remember going through this movie way back in the day. And I don't remember. It must've been 2013, 2014 when we did this video talking about how at the very beginning of this movie, they've there, there's already a huge danger. Dumbledore knows there's a huge danger. And then we need to make sure these kids are safe already sort of saying we need to come up, ramp up security and all this other stuff. Next scene, there's somebody who's petrified in the next scene. And it's like, it's like, okay. And so then, Right after that, Dumbledore says something pretty much the same, like, oh, now it's really ramped up. We're going to have to do even more. And then nothing really happens the whole movie. Nothing happens. And so this sin sort of spans the entire movie. They realize that they're in danger, but they don't do anything the entire time. They just acknowledge it and it makes it look like they care, but like they obviously don't care at Hogwarts at all that this stuff is happening. They're not doing anything to keep anybody safe. And it takes until like the way at the very end where teachers are supposed to escort them everywhere and all that and everything. That's one of my favorite ones because, and we were still editing our own videos at the time when this, when this one came out to be able to get it where, you know, Jeremy Wright says the whole thing and we're editing it and showing all the different footage and, and, and proving it basically as we go along. That's my, that's, those are my favorite kinds of sins. We did another one later in Azkaban talking about the time travel stuff and that, although that one was controversial, but anyway, I love those more than anything when we can go through this big, long thing, show a whole bunch of footage that, that proves it quote unquote. And then, and then it becomes this big, long ranty sin. And you're like, yeah, by the end of it. Yeah, totally. What's going on here. (laughs) This is, you know, so, uh, that's probably one of my favorite ones. Nice. Yeah. And I can see you must've just copied this from the notes. Cause you're like, you got timestamps and, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, this was, this was like, I went back deep into the emails and found that script and, uh, and just copy pasted it on there. Nice. Uh, I do remember that one. I do think, uh, yeah, I can only imagine how long that took to edit together, but the mm-hmm. uh, last question I have, I haven't been asking everybody this one, but as a co-creator, cinema sin turns 10 here pretty soon. Uh, you mentioned, uh, 10 weeks from now the ish you know not the exact date, mm-hmm. but but the week of um uh, so congratulations by the way thank you and i uh, just wanted to ask what are some of the things that you've been thinking about as you've been like approaching this milestone uh i mean when you get to this point you're you you think about how it all began sort of all the evolution of things and i've been trying to compile this long list of uh credits that you know like of uh, who wrote what on each of these videos right now, this is an out of date 
uh, number, but 960 everything wrong with videos, according to my last thing. Now that's way more now because I haven't updated it in about a month. So there should be about eight to 10 more cinema sins videos specifically that are added to that. So we're getting close to the thousandth one and we have made enough at this point where I would be interested to know if people can like think that, Oh, this doesn't count. Like when we come out with our thousandth one and I'm not even sure I'll be able to know which one that is, uh, when it, when the thousandth one comes out, I know it's in the next month or two, we'll probably be doing our thousandth one of these very specific It'll be interesting to me to, to figure out if there's like a hardcore fan out there who is like, no, no, this can't count as the thousandth one. It has to be this one because, and he gives me a whole bunch of different reasons why. You're uh, just giving somebody listening ammo to like. <laughs> yeah. I mean, cause what do you consider like some, we've done some April fools and we've done some, uh, we've done some compilations. Some, some yeah. So like, what do you, yeah. What do you, what do you call, what do you call the officials? But anyway, neither here nor there. So you, you think about how it all started and how, how impossible it all seemed. I was working movie theaters when we first came out with a video and then it took off and we came out with one every week after that. And then after about four or five months, I was able to quit movie theaters and all of that. And you always had that that like, man, I don't know if I want to quit this job yet because who knows how long the cinema and stuff is going to last and all that. So you think about all that stuff where you were going, where you were uh, years ago. And yeah, we're in the next 10 weeks, we will have uh, resends. Uh, Jeremy has already tweeted this. I believe we are going to be resending movies that we've already sent. Now a lot, we had a long philosophy never to do resends because that was what our work was back in the day and we're that's it stands alone but there's been enough interest in doing these old ones that we used to come out with three or four minute videos for to do it in the modern style so we are we i we picked 10 uh movies that we that we have done before and uh we're gonna do we're gonna do resends of them they're gonna come out every Saturday coming up next all the way to uh, December 13th or so, which is the real anniversary date. I think December 13th is it's either 12th or the 13th. I can't remember which one the uh, Um, Spider-Man video launched. Yeah. The, 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 the amazing Spider-Man video was the first one. Uh, So in on December, whatever that week is that December 13th, 12th or whatever falls on, that'll be the last one of those. And then it has opened the door for maybe doing resends in the future, but I don't just right now I'm sitting there thinking, nah, we're not going to do that often. It's just a special thing we're doing for the 10 year anniversary. Yeah. Yeah. And again, as a fan, congratulations uh, for 10 years, Thank you. Uh, being able to support seven full-time people as well. I mm-hmm. think is, is awesome. Yeah. And, uh, and providing 10 years of a, a thousand videos of laughs. Uh, yeah. Yeah. As, as a fan. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a, it's an exciting time. Um, so yeah, e- yeah. E- e- even as a fan. So yeah, so that's awesome. So I wanted to, to do one more thing during this behind the center segment. Everybody's kind of getting their own, um, personal touch to this. And so Chris, I, I really miss hearing rants from, mm. uh, from the sin cast. And so I thought surely it's been not quite a year since, uh, since last sin cast, um, there's been Recotopia, of course, but mm-hmm. surely you have to be mad about something. I, I actually, there's been times where I've gone 
and been like, boy, this would be a really good rant if we still did these. And I've forgotten a couple of them, but there's one recently that I hate. And if you're in, if you're a big person, if you're a big sports person at all, if you like football at all, especially one of the things that I can't stand, and I understand what kind of culture we live in after two weeks, everybody's ready to say, this team is this team there, you know, there, nobody's going to beat this team. Nobody's. And then, but, but especially I don't think it's so much the good teams that I, that I worry about. It's the ones the bad they, that people consider bad immediately. A team starts off. zero and two. They're like, Oh, what happened there? They're Oh, and two. Oh geez. And everything. I'll never and, win you know, a game again. Yeah. Right. It looks like, you know, and, and being, you know, Tennessee Titans fan was hearing about Derrick Henry and like, Oh, he looks slow. He doesn't look good anymore. He's blah, 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 blah. And I'm like sitting there going, okay, look, I can't refute that. However, just know that nobody does preseason anymore. None of the big players really do preseason. True. They play three games and, and it's all the, the people hoping to make the team that, that do preseason. And then game one happens. And you have these weird games like last year, Green Bay played Miami or somebody like that or New Orleans and, and like lost 38 to nothing. And everybody was like, whoa, what happened to Green Bay? Green Bay was like, and Green Bay goes on and goes to like 13 and three on the season or something after that huge loss. The same thing happened this year. Green Bay lost the first game and everybody's like, oh, the Bears are going to beat them this year. It's like they were never going to. No. I get unnecessarily upset when I start hearing people making proclamations early in the season about this and that. And I'm like, you don't know. You won't know until week eight, maybe nine or so what a team is at this point. Uh, There's some teams that look bad. Yeah. But sometimes there's injuries that you're not aware of how big those injuries are. Mm -hmm. They get a person back midway through the season. Suddenly they're awesome. And it's like, oh, what happened to them? What The, the coach must have really said something. No, they got somebody back that you don't. We, we, we have our name players that we know, right? And some, some of these guys in the NFL are just no names, but they are the guys who are keeping. They are the ones that are like that make your team like go a lot of times. And we don't yeah. know like offensive linemen. So anyway, that would be my rant today. I'm sure that there's others that I could think of, but that's something that recently been bothering me is sure. people making these huge proclamations after two weeks and thinking that there's any like real, there's, there's a reality to this, like wait till week eight. I could go on a rant, but I, I think for the sake of time, I, I will, I will choose <laughs> to be calm this week. All right. Um, that will leave us with one more thing to take care of. Uh, let's move on to Beyond the Sins. To infinity and beyond. Somewhere beyond my wild history. To boldly go where no man has gone before. Uh, Chris, let's start with you. What is that one thing that you want to recommend, warn or recawarn? I can recawarn Amsterdam, the uh, new David O. Russell uh, movie. I reckon warn it. There's probably more recommend than warn, but it's almost 50 50. A lot of times you'll see a movie where you're like, I see what you're doing. And I think you even made the movie that you wanted to here, but there are some things about it that just don't hit you. Right. Uh, they're not built up right. Or there, there's something just a little bit off about what you're trying to do. But Amsterdam is a sort of a murder mystery movie with Christian Bale as a doctor 
who uh, is a, a World War One veteran, and uh, he's made friends with uh, a bunch of people from World War One and this and uh, a general that he or I can't remember if it was a general or not, but general played by Ed Bagley Jr. shows up dead, and his daughter played by Taylor Swift you know, it says, I would like you to be in on the autopsy and tell me if there was anything wrong, anything pops up that maybe, you know, not on the level. And, and uh, they do the autopsy and they sure enough, they find out that he's probably been poisoned. The movie just is wild. Christian Bale's great in it. And he's playing a oddball kind of character and everything. The movie plays a lot of stuff for laughs. It's kind of a comedy. It's mostly a comedy. And there are so many stars in this movie. There are times where you're trying to count how many Oscars are in the room. Mm-hmm. This movie's pretty fun overall. I don't think it's going to be a hit at all, but I think people might discover it when it hits video and streaming and stuff like that, where it'll have like a bit of a cult following because there's just enough good stuff here to say you won't be terribly disappointed watching this. It's gotten pretty bad reviews. I can understand that, but you, I think given some time, so it lower might. your expectations and go to a discount night, go to a matinee performance and you'll be all right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Right. I think it had some like 33% on Rotten Tomatoes or something like that. That makes it sound like it's just atrocious. And there's going to be people who do think this is atrocious because there's scenes in it where you're like, what is going on in this movie? <laughs> uh, so uh, anyway, that's that, that'd be my record warn. Uh, very nice. Well, I had a fun idea. I thought I have a movie that I want to talk about. Uh, I thought we could revive guess the goofs a little bit. Okay. Um, and I, I will, I will say whether I am recommending warning or record warning afterwards. Um, but I thought, uh, I thought this would be fun. So I will, I will tell you that the movie is a, uh, a film released between 2000 and 2010 in an even numbered year. Okay. There's your like window. Okay. The first goof I have for you. Uh, so if you're unfamiliar with the game, I'll, I'll read off uh, four goofs from uh, uh, IMDb's goofs page. And then uh, Chris will, will guess it whenever he feels confident. Uh, but because we're not doing it in a full game style, I think it's just he'll want to guess it whenever he has, he's confident. So mm-hmm. the first goof is Napoleon did not isolate himself on the tiny island of St. Helena. He was there and kept under guard until his death. There is also no evidence that he tried to poison himself. Hmm. I feel like I may be able to get this on the first try, but, um, so we're not doing the traditional guess the goose here. If I answer and I'm wrong, you just get the next goof. You just get the next clue, right? Yeah. Is it the count of Monte Cristo? It's not, but I did watch that movie recently and love it. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, that's, okay. that's a, yeah, that's a good guess. Yeah. The, that would, that would have been like a fourth goof. That's a, maybe a little too obvious. Yeah. Uh, yeah the idea yeah. is that the more goofs you get yeah, with the last one, you mm-hmm. should be able to get it. A main character says that the croissant was invented in Romania. It was actually invented in Austria in the 13th century and perfected as the croissant in Paris in the early 19th century. The croissant. Okay. So. Napoleon and croissant. So it sounds like we're in France. Huh? Let's go to the next one. In the office towards the beginning of the movie, a character mentions a twilight zone episode named nightmare at 30,000 feet. The episode is actually named nightmare at 20,000 feet. Hmm. Hmm. Let's see. 
do 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 office at the beginning office at the beginning in the name okay let's go to the last one customs and border protection officers are not issued a denial stamps for the admission inspection process oh see now oh okay mission denial man there's no way i'm getting this <laughs> i'm sorry yeah I, I i don't know if i can even i could even give a guess like euro trip no probably pretty good guess though um, could be oh well and i guess it, uh, I'll, I'll i'll guess a couple more before you tell me but yeah no it, it's it's not going to be oceans 12 but oceans 12 is another one i thought of probably a decent uh, guess yeah, yeah. Uh, but I don't, I don't think they didn't go to France and that they went to like Italy or something in oceans 12. So, uh, yeah, go ahead. The terminal. Oh Jesus. Yeah. There's no way I would have gotten that. <laughs> I yeah, saw so, this movie when it came out, uh, and I haven't seen it since. So this is exactly part of the reason why I, I watched this movie was because I was guesting on a friend's podcast and, um, he's going through Spielberg's filmography and I mm-hmm. was like, well, the terminal is a movie that nobody's thought about. It came out in 2004. So it's a movie mm-hmm. that nobody's thought about since 2005. Yeah. It's great. Like it's really good. It's really charming. It's really funny. Tom mm-hmm. Hanks is giving a great performance. Uh, very like catch me if you can kind of vibes from Spielberg. John Williams doing a great score that is both Eastern European and jazz. It's a really great movie. I was the, the goofs at the end there would have been um, uh, like that. I thought would have hopefully given it away would have been um, the nightmare at 20,000 feet uh, as well as you combine that with uh, yeah. customs denial. There um, would, the, yeah. There would have been no chance. Uh, I mean, I, I, yeah, I would not. I mean, the terminal is a movie. Like I said, I saw it one time. I haven't seen it since, but like, it, it's, it's common weirdly got a cult following too. Uh, it was, it's not one of, uh, Spielberg's all timers, you know? So like a lot of people like just kind of poo pooed that movie when it came out. If it uh, was made by anybody else, it would be considered among their best, mm-hmm. but because it's Spielberg, like it, it's obviously no Schindler's list or saving private Ryan, but like, it's a really solid film. Yeah. So. But I, but I was sitting there thinking about, Oh, these are people going on a trip and they're, you know, it's what, you know, I didn't want thinking about, I wasn't thinking about the terminal for sure. Uh, so yeah, I mean, those do those, if you're, if you're well-versed on the terminal, like you've seen it like in the last five years or something, maybe you would be able to, those last couple of clues would probably give it away. I would say if you're, if you're, if you're up on, you know, if you've been watching it recently, so sure. yeah, the terminal full on recommend really enjoyed I have it. To if watch are, it again. If you were like Chris or I having not seen it since 2004, um, it's really worth a watch. I think it's on stars right now, but, mm-hmm. um, it's, I, I just rented it. It's not it's like four bucks. So, mm-hmm. uh, really high recommend for me, the terminal. Uh, well, that'll do it, uh, for this week. Thanks again to Chris for hanging out. I had a great time. So, yeah. Thanks. Uh, thanks for doing this and, uh, yeah. Happy to come on and, uh, and talk some talk some shop so for sure yeah well the uh the plan is to get every writer once uh every seven weeks we'll get every writer and then it'll just reset and then everybody gets a window of seven weeks try to get whoever is writing on a lot of that week i don't mm-hmm. think that's going to happen next week because uh danae and jeremy are the two left over and neither mm-hmm. of them are are big writers on this week so i think um the plan um the plan is to have danae next week uh so yeah we'll have you on in about sometime in the next nine weeks and uh gives you some time to find a new rant to to get mad about something <laughs> yep yep 
Uh, but is there anywhere that you want to uh, promote for people to connect with you? I mean, you're on Recotopia every week. Yeah, I mean, uh, Recotopia. I mean, uh, these days, if you want to get on the CinemaSins Discord, uh, you can uh, get you can message me through that. Uh, it's no longer uh, required to um, get a code to get on the Discord. So, if you want to ask Jeremy or CinemaSins Twitter something, Jeremy might pass it along to me, but I, I don't read the messages or anything. So I used to do the Facebook thing when we had Sencast, but I I've, I've moved away from Facebook almost As totally. Yeah. Um, so, um, so yeah, there, there's still a Sencast Facebook, but don't try to get me there. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to find it. So sure. Um, well, you, uh, so yeah. can connect with Chris Recotopia, um, live on Twitch every week now. So free to everybody, mm-hmm. not just patrons. And, uh, and yeah, check Simpsons discord. There's a link in this episode description. If you want to check it out, uh, you can follow me on Twitter or letterboxd at Schweit castle. And, uh, I'd love to hear your feedback on how you think shows going so far. Uh, and then any sins that you would like to hear more about, um, you can DM, uh, the cinema sins, Twitter, uh, at cinema sins, BTS, or you can email BTS at cinema Lastly, don't forget to like, and subscribe wherever you're listening to, uh, and come on back next week for more behind the scenes content. Thanks for listening. Send any feedback to BTS at cinemasins.com and be sure to subscribe, rate, and comment. Find more ways to connect by visiting cinemasins.com slash BTS. Okay, now let's take a look at how negligent this school is. After Filch's cat is petrified, Dumbledore says he strongly recommends caution. At this point, there should at least be some beefed-up security and possibly some education about petrification. Now the school's Jimmy Olsen is petrified. Dumbledore now says, Our students are in great danger. Tell them Hogwarts is no longer safe. It is as we feared. The Chamber of Secrets has indeed been opened again. The answer? Let's teach students self-defense techniques. But not against some possible monster which might know something like, I don't know, petrification, but against each other, and using this dumbass Lockhart, who by this time everyone knows is a fraud. And of course they learn nothing except that Harry can speak Parseltongue, the school forgets about that no longer safe decree, nobody patrols the halls, Voldemort can apparently just guide Ginny Weasley around the school's halls petrifying cats and wizards and painting messages in blood, and there isn't one person who ever witnesses it. Now it's business as usual again, and this kid Justin gets petrified. Dumbledore knows it's not Potter. Now there's been three incidents, but there's still no evacuation of the school and still no extra security. The Gryffindor house is ransacked, and who does Neville go to? Well, he goes to Harry, because not one adult here seems to give a fuck about anything. I mean, these assholes were about to play Quidditch again. And there's a monster crawling around in the school, but it gets canceled because Hermione is now petrified. So now a cat and three people have been petrified, and the school remains open, and not one kid is scared of shit in this entire school, and they're casually sitting around in their dorms without a care in the world. Then there's this ludicrous new set of rules that come out. Be back at your house by six. Okay, whatever. But every student will be accompanied by a teacher to every lesson? Sorry, no way that happens. Did you see how many teachers are at this school? No? Well, McGonagall makes an announcement that the students need to go back to their dorms, and all the teachers come up to the second floor corridor where they can see the new message. Do you see how many people show up? It's six, including a dwarf. And this asshole Filch. We find out Jenny Weasley's been taken by the monster, and only now does McGonagall say, Students must be sent home. I'm afraid this is the end of Hogwarts. But they forget about all that once Lockhart shows up, telling him he finally has a chance to slay the beast, knowing full well he doesn't have the ability. Is an evacuation ordered? Of course not. Am I getting through to you, Alma? You know, that type of thing. Well, there's like, what, three good vampire movies out there total? Uh, it might be right. It might be true. And two of them were called Nosferatu. (laughs) 
mm-hmm. I was gonna just make a joke and saying two of them are in the Twilight Saga, but I don't, I don't oh see yeah, them. I've never seen yeah. any. <laughs> oh my god. Uh. <laughs> and we've been explaining the filmmakers the whole time, so why as well start here? As much as I want to make sense of the filmmakers, I think that we've given more thought to this movie than the filmmakers have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I think that was like 45 minutes on Final Destination, but... Yeah, I think so. I think that's I'm, correct. I think it's it's still a commercial. I think you could do the Nicole Kidman AMC intro. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. Probably I think, could. I think, that's about, I think it's about time for that. Mm-hmm. In Google, I put in Doctor Strange Magic Place, and it comes up with the Sanctum Sandorum right off. All right, well, that'll do it for the content this week. Lots of good stuff. Uh, two hours later. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. That'll take us to Beyond the Center. No, nope, that's not it. I can only imagine how long that took to edit together, but mm-hmm. um, probably about as much time as it will take to edit this podcast. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, she was in, uh, was it Valentine's Day? She was in one of those. Oh, that's like, not a movie. <laughs> okay, you're right. You're right. 